Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, The Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is May 13th, 2019. One of the great lessons of history is to avoid slavishly applying the lessons of history. A particularly tragic example of this relates to the First and Second Gulf Wars. The relative ease with which the US and Allied forces dislodged Saddam Hussein from Kuwait in 1991 emboldened the US to undertake the far more difficult task of overthrowing Hussein altogether and occupying Iraq 12 years later. Apart from its terrible human toll, the negative results of that second conflict are still being felt both in the US and throughout the Middle East today. In the same way, the ease with which the US appeared to weather higher tariffs in 2018 may be inducing a certain complacency about the effects of a further escalation in a trade war this year. Last year saw multiple rounds of US tariff increases. In January, tariffs of 30% to 50% were imposed on imported solar panels and washing machines. In March, this was followed by steel and aluminum tariffs of 10% to 25%. Over the summer, the U.S. then imposed tariffs of 25% on $50 billion worth of Chinese goods, followed by a 10% tariff on another $200 billion in Chinese goods. These tariffs and predictable foreign retaliation appear to have slowed global trade, investment spending, and economic growth. It is no accident that the current weakness in global economic activity is concentrated in manufacturing rather than services, and is most evident those countries that tend to be big exporters of manufactured goods, including China, Japan, Germany, Taiwan, and Korea. However, the U.S. appears to have sailed through the impact of these tariffs and foreign retaliation, partly because of the U.S.'s smaller dependence on exports as a share of GDP, and partly because of a massive stimulus supplied by the Tax Act of 2017. Last year, real disposable income grew by 2.9% in the U.S., as tax cuts supplemented gains from rising employment and wages. It is in this context that two data points from last week should be considered. First, as of Thursday night, the U.S. raised tariffs from 10% to 25% on $200 billion of Chinese goods and threatened tariffs of 25% on a further $300 billion in Chinese exports. Second, the Treasury Department announced a budget surplus for April of $160 billion, including a 4.9% year-over-year increase in revenues. While the trade issue will undoubtedly take centre stage in the week ahead, it's worth pausing to consider what the budget numbers are telling us. The federal government almost always runs a surplus in April because of a wave of annual payments and income tax. That being said, this year budget analysts had expected a smaller surplus, in part due to the elimination of 85% of the revenue from the alternative minimum tax. However, the interaction of changes to withholding schedules, income tax rates and deductions apparently was more friendly to the government and less friendly to taxpayers than initially thought. This is a good news, bad news story. The good news is that the federal budget deficit for all of fiscal 2019 now looks likely to come in at over 900, at around $900 billion. This is, of course, up very sharply from the $439 billion seen as recently as 2015, but it is careening towards a trillion dollars a little more slowly than we'd previously thought. The bad news is that April 2019 essentially ends the boost to U.S. economic growth from the tax cut of 2017. The level of economic activity is, of course, higher. However, with no fresh tax cuts, the pace of growth of both consumption and investment spending should begin to fade. Some evidence of this should show up in this week's reports. In particular, retail sales for April may be up just 
0.1% in nominal terms and down in real terms, reflecting a renewed slowdown in light vehicle sales. In addition, industrial production should show a decline for April, reflecting weaker manufacturing activity. While housing starts should show a bounce back from a very weak March number, the general tone of economic reports this week should be in line with our forecast of a deceleration in economic growth to about a 2% year-over-year pace over the next few quarters. This is where an escalated trade war with China could be quite dangerous. The inflation risk is not that great. Last week's CPI report confirmed that inflation remains relatively contained at the consumer level. The new round of tariffs, even if they fully showed up in the prices of consumer goods, would amount to a price increase of just $30 billion, that is $200 billion times 25% minus 10%, in a consumer economy over $14 trillion, or roughly 0.25% of an increase. Beyond this, exporters, importers and retailers will likely absorb some of the costs themselves, suggesting that, a, suggesting that less than a two-tenths of a percent overall boost to U.S. inflation for one year. In addition, the weakening in economic activity that is caused by increased tariff uncertainty would likely soften demand enough to hold inflation in check. But is this weakening effect on economic activity that's actually the bigger concern? A quick agreement with China could, of course, reverse this and is still probably the most likely outcome. And there are, of course, many areas where a deal with China could improve things, such as reducing Chinese tariffs on U.S. goods and reducing the pressure that China exerts on U.S. companies to share technology. However, the U.S. may be overestimating its bargaining power with a Chinese government that does not want to lose face in a deal. Conversely, the Chinese government may be overestimating the anxiety of the U.S. administration to do a deal. Taking a hard line with China plays very well with many parts of the U.S. electorate, and with the U.S. election due in November of next year, everything needs to be seen through a political lens. A worst-case short-term scenario would be one in which an escalating trade war leads to a sharper economic slowdown, triggering a Federal Reserve easing which achieved nothing but a stoking of recession fears. However, investors should probably take a longer-term view of today's trade conflicts. A trade war is a losing strategy for all countries. However, it makes even less sense for every country other than the U.S. For every other country, their access to U.S. consumer markets matters more to them than our access to their consumer markets matters to us. Because of this, it is hard to see any other nation or group of nations initiating a global trade war. Moreover, even within the U.S., the folly of a perpetual trade war should become clear. The current U.S. president appears more enamored of tariffs than any of his predecessors, or in all likelihood his successor, should he fail to win re-election in 18 months. Moreover, even if he does win re-election, he may feel less need to maintain an aggressive trade stance and more need to sustain U.S. economic growth in a slowing, extra innings expansion. Trade wars are simply bad economics. The silver lining is that they are clearly so detrimental to the American economy and American business that, despite current concerns, they are unlikely to be a long-term feature of a financial landscape. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management.
Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.